All right, 11 minutes gone past 12 from Women Radio 91.7, Nigeria's first and only radio station for women and their families. Glad to know that you're still there tuned into this DAO. A very good afternoon to you wherever you're listening to the sound of my voice. Today is the 30th day in the month of November 2023, and it is the day six of the 16 days of activism with the theme unite invests to prevent violence against women and girls the 16 days of activism is a global campaign which will be on from um which started up from about november 25 and of course today is the day six and of course the international day for the elimination of violence against women up until december 10 human rights day this year women radio 91.7 is spotlighting first responders who provide first-hand help and support to survivors of sexual and gender-based violence you can join the conversation by contributing or reacting to the program you can call us on the Seven thousand nine one seven nine one seven, or better still, you can send us a text or WhatsApp message on the seven zero three one seven five six five three seven. You can also send in your contributions to our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, X, and YouTube at the BFM nine one seven, or log into our website www.wfm nine one seven dot com. Today, on day six of the sixteen days of activism, we will be discussing. A first responder story walked on so far success challenges and way forward in ending violence against women and girls in nigeria gender-based violence is a critical issue and there is no doubt about that with alarming rate of physical about 30 percent sexual about 14 percent violence among women aged 15 to 49. now it has been said that one in four girls and one in ten boys experience sexual violence before 18. approximately that leaves us with about 43 percent of girls who face a child marriage exposing them to higher risks challenges include human trafficking female genital mutilation and conflict-related sexual violence notably in areas affected by the boko haram insurgency now despite this distressing statistics organizations persist in addressing these issues through awareness campaigns legal reforms and support services for survivors Responders to gender and sexual-based violence typically include a range of professionals and organizations such as law enforcement, health care providers, social workers, counselors, non-governmental organizations, advocacy groups, and helplines specifically dedicated to supporting survivors of such violence. Now, these responders offer various services including crisis intervention, medical assistance, legal aid, counseling, and support networks to survivors of sexual and gender-based violence. Our first responder for the 16 days of activism, a first responder story for today is Fumi Falano, SAN, the founder Women, founder of Women Empowerment and Legal Aid. Good afternoon and good to have you on the show today. Good afternoon. How are you? Very well, thank you. I think the first thing I should do is just congratulate you first off on your um, new uh, confirmation as Senior Advocate of Nigeria. Congratulations, ma'am. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, good to have you on the show today. 
Thank you. Now let's talk about this conversation. I mean, it's a day six of the 16 days of activism um, against sexual and gender-based violence. Now, as an organization, how have you been responding to gender-based violence so far, especially in the locality where you work? Yes, thank you. The, the gender-based violence activism is uh, an annual thing. And it is not just peculiar to Nigeria. It is uh, a program that is observed all over the world. And uh, it's, uh, every year it starts from uh, November 25 and terminates on December 10th, which is the International Human Rights Day. It is usually a program to sensitize the society and of course our immediate community and environment to the violence against uh, women and children in the society. And as a matter of fact, we also see how we can uh, eliminate this from our society. Yes, in our own organization, every year we make sure we go out to campaign against, of course, that is what we do normally. But during this 16-day uh, activism, we always go out to campaign against uh, gender-based violence against the girl child, okay. against women in the society. And of course, we try as much as possible to uh, enlighten, the, especially the people in the rural areas, about their rights, the rights that accrue unto them and under the laws of the uh, country, as well as how they can avoid uh, violence as, and also campaign against violence themselves. Mm -hmm. So this year, we have various uh, activities that we have laid down to mark this uh, uh, campaign. We'll be going to the marketplaces, we'll be going to schools to talk to their guests there. We'll also be campaigning in uh, a different uh, 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 business uh, areas like we'll be going to the marketplaces to tell women in particular and not just women because we have noticed that violence this violence is rooted in the hearts of men mm. against women mm. and so it is the men in our society that we really need to campaign uh, uh, to, to direct our campaigners mm. and that is why we like we are doing now in the on the radio mm -hmm. we will also be talking on the television about these uh, violence based uh, uh, activities that is becoming so so uh, uh, intense in our society mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. we try as much as possible to let them know what they can do uh, to prevent this and also to eliminate this from our society. Mm. All right. Um, thank you very, very much for that one. 18 minutes past 12 from Women Radio 91.7, Nigeria's first and only radio station for women and your families. Today, if you are just joining us, you join us on a first responder story um, for the 16 days of activism. And yes, our, our first responder story for today is Fumi Falano, SAN, the founder of Women Empowerment and Legal Aid. My name is Blessing. And you can be a part 
part of the conversation by calling us on 07000-917-917. Send us a text and WhatsApp message on 703-175-6537. Log into our website, www.wfm917.com. Download the mobile app, WFM917. Send your thoughts to your social media platforms, WFM917. Now, for me, let's talk about this. You talked about how you go to the grassroots to sensitize people about their rights and all of that. Now, what has your experience been like in dealing with survivors of sexual and gender-based violence? So, I'd like yes, to you also address yes. the common perceptions and facts. Please go on. Yes, thank you. Oh, but I think I should also let uh, the people know okay. what we also mean by violence against uh, uh, women of gender-based violence. All right. Uh, yes, beyond battery. Beyond white battery, I'm mm. sure we're very familiar white with battery. white battery. Yes. Uh-huh. That is violence against uh, women. But we also have had cases of emotional violence, psychological violence in the home, even economic violence. If you are unable to provide uh, socioeconomic needs in the home to your wife and your children, it is a form of economic violence. Again, we have discovered that child abuse and uh, uh, rape in our society has also become rampant. It's a form of violence in the society. Nagging in the home is also a form of emotional violence. Of course, discrimination against the gay child and the family is a form of violence. Child, uh, child marriage is a form of violence. Rape, like I said, is a form of violence. In this, assault against the gay child at home is a form of violence. All these are different forms of violence that we found in our society. And we'll try as much as possible to see how this can be eliminated from our society. Now, talking about how to deal with these survivors. Unfortunately, in this part of the world, the survivors are usually uh, not eager to speak out hmm. yes because they believe uh, the people of course it is a form of uh, 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 people they, they are ashamed to speak out and so we try as much as possible to encourage them even some of the time victims of or survivors of uh, we call them survivors are not victims anyway yes, yes. but yes so survivors of rape usually will be reluctant to speak out until we get them to speak out and when they speak out and want to go to court, they're also afraid to go to court because they believe the society will cast their eyes on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this part of the world, there is so much that uh, uh, even the families will come to us to say, please withdraw the case from court. Mm-hmm. I do not let everybody know about it. Now, when a woman is going through violence in the marriage, the parents, her own parents will be the first to say, don't worry, just continue to endure. Do not leave that man. Do not leave that marriage. It is not good to leave your marriage. And so we discover that many die in the process because they are reluctant to speak out. Mm. Even when they try to speak, to confide in their own parents or in their own close relatives, they tell them, please continue to endure it. And in the process of enduring, many of them die. Mm-hmm. in the process. So we try as much as possible to encourage them to speak out. And uh, talking about survivors, I also want to let people know that one of the problems we have with prosecution of rape cases is dealing with the aftermath of the 
thing that has happened to the survivor. For example, when a girl falls victim of this, it is usually advisable not to wash off your underpants in particular, because the primary evidence would be the underwear. Mm -hmm. And so we always encourage them, do not rush to shower or to wash your underpants. Mm -hmm. Just go straight for medical checkup and wear the underpants will be taken for primary evidence. And there are centers there that will take that medical report for free. Mm. Mirabe Center uh, uh, in Ikeja is one of the centers. They will not take, uh, uh, they won't charge you for that. Okay. And immediately thereafter, we advise them to go and report at the police station. Meanwhile, they already have the evidence that we'll be able to use in the, uh, in the law court. Mm. Most of the time, again, we have problems with the evidence and they taking their evidence at the police station. In the process of investigation, the police usually mutilate information and destroy our evidence. Hmm. So we always try as much as possible to tell the survivor to be consistent in the process of giving the story. So when you, are, if you have to tell your story 10 times, make sure you are telling the same story the same way. Hmm. Again, when we get to law court, there is this uh, rule of uh, practice which we have tried to eliminate from our practice now, and which is that in presenting the evidence, it is expected that the, there will be corroboration of the evidence of the survival. Uh, uh, unfortunately, the, the rape is not like a dinner party that you will invite people to come and uh, watch. And so most of the time, we do not get people to corroborate. But that's of recent, we have been able to eliminate that from the rules of practice. And so any man that is being prosecuted for such can always uh, 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 be found guilty, convicted, even without corroboration of the evidence of the survival. Mm -hmm. And I also want us to know that under VAP now, the issue of rape has gone beyond the physical penetration of the female organ. It has been enlarged to include penetration into any hole in the body of a woman without the consent. And not just a woman, it could also be in the body of a man without the consent of that person. If there is no consent and you put any part of your, your body into any hole in the part of any person without the consent of that person, it becomes an act of rape. It could be your anus, it could be your ear, it could be your mouth. Any hole at all, any orifice, we call it orifice, any orifice in the part of the body that is being penetrated by the other person without the consent of the owner has become an act of rape under VAP. VAP is a violence against uh, all persons prosecuted to act 2015. And so, as such, today, mm. we say the most common violence, gender based violence in our society is white battery and rape mm. rape is very common especially in our society it happens even in homes it happens to underage girls it happens in schools it happens in public places so when we are talking about this gender-based violence it is not it is not just domestic 
it is also it goes beyond that mm. yes. all right um thank you very much for me for your thoughts on that one oh seven thousand nine one seven nine one seven that is the number to call to be a part of the conversation oh seven thousand nine one seven nine one seven send us a text and whatsapp message on oh seven oh three one seven five six five three seven log into a website www.wfm917.com download the mobile app wfm 917 sending your thoughts to uh, social media platforms wfm 917 uh, this is 27 minutes past 12 from meridian 91.7 if you are just joining us uh, this is a fast responder story put together to in commemoration of the 16 days of activism to call for um brinkle and sun deck towards ending violence against women and girls and yes my guest for today is Fumi Falano SAN founder of women empowerment and legal aid and we have been talking so far about um what her organization has been doing so far to tackle and of course you know, fight against gender-based violence. All right, Fumi, let's talk about this one. I know that the challenges can be overwhelming, especially when it has to do with lack of funds and, and societal norms that have been in existence for years. So my question to you this afternoon is, how have you been able to overcome all of the challenges that have, you know, surfaced so far in your journey as a first responder organization? Yes, the, it could have been very challenging. Challenging in the fact that you are trying to a campaign against uh, uh, a, 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 an established norm, societal norm, culture, that they have been with for many years. And they are, so they are finding it difficult to, to turn away from it. And so some of the time they believe you are trying to incite women against their husbands, or they are trying to incite women in their society. And some other time you also find out that most women are not even willing to go along with you when you are trying to help them because they think it is an already established thing and so we should go on with it. Now, for example, there was a, a, a lady that was uh, uh, disinherited. Well, she was not allowed to inherit her father's property. Hmm. as a form of violence. Yes, yes. From Enugu. And so she, she came to us, she spoke to us, and I said, okay, we're going to fight this. We will go to court for you because... There is uh, a law in our society, which is the Constitution, is the primary law of the society of our country. And that section 42 of this law says there shall be no discrimination uh, on the basis of sex. So you are entitled to uh, your father's inheritance. But she said, I don't want to go because this is the culture of my people in Igbo land. We try as much as possible. Initially, she agreed. And as, as soon as we said we were going to court, she stopped coming. She ran away. Hmm. She said she was not going to. She didn't know how to fight against an established culture. I said, except we campaign against it, we fight against it, it will continue to persist. Now you have come to us because you know it is an injustice done to you. But you do not want to fight against it because you are afraid of what the society will say. Or you are afraid of what people will say then it will continue to exist until and the beauty of our activism is that the laws in our country has as one of the sources of law what we call judicial precedent mm -hmm. so if we're able to take an action to court on a particular uh, cultural practice and the court pronounces against it 
that pronouncement becomes the law on that issue. And so we're able to move forward on that line. But unfortunately, many people are not ready to go on. The funding, of course, is another thing that is very, very uh, uh, challenging for us. Where most of the activities we have in our organization are funded by me, personally, mm. by me. And I have discovered that it is a way of giving back to the society. And of course, it is also a way of making your own mark and uh, mm. uh, putting your own footprint mm. in the sound of time. Mm. Making your own mark and putting your own footprints in the sound of time. That is really, really, really um, nice to hear. Thank you very, very much. Um, okay. So let me also ask you this. How well have you created awareness in your immediate communities and um, beyond your communities yes. and beyond on gender-based violence? Yes, in our, in our community, we have a, a school. Okay. Human rights school, women, women wow. we call it women's rights school. Yes. Wow. In that school, we also try to train uh, survivors mm. on, uh, yes, on uh, uh, different types of vocations. We have vocational trainings for them. We have uh, uh, tailoring. We have uh, shoemaking. We have uh, catering. ICT and so many other things. So we train them and we try to get them uh, in instruments and articles and machines that they need and set them up as soon as they graduate from that school. We uh, regularly, we also give them uh, 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 lectures to let them know how to deal with violence in the society, to let them know the rights that accrue unto them and of course, to let them know how they can get out of it. Again, we are regular on, uh, on televisions, on radios like this, and on our social media, we are available on social media to campaign uh, against violence in the society. Again, we go regularly to marketplaces, to schools, to tell them uh, the rights that the Constitution, the laws of the country, have uh, given unto them and how they can enforce their rights. Uh. Mm -hmm. So these are things that we do very regularly. Mm -hmm. All right. Um. Thank you very much for that one. So let, let's talk about. We also have. Okay. A, we also have shelter. We have shelter. Wow. So there is a shelter. shelter. Yes. Mm. You have, we have a school. shelter for yeah for survivors. Wow. So when we get them like that to speak out, most of them they lose uh, their homes. Their, Yes, they are home. So we have shelter for them in Agege and Oluwako Street, wow. where we keep them. While they, are, uh, while they are in the shelter, while they are in the home, we try to train them. We give them uh, 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 training in different vocational uh, vocations. Mm. And thereafter, we get them machines and mm. we set them. Wow, so this, this is really nice. This is really nice to hear. So apart from you having a shelter where they can stay just in case they lose their homes in the process, you still empower them to make them useful for themselves. This is really, really, really commendable. Well done. I just had to say that. Well done. Now, let's talk about this. As an organization, how have you collaborated with security agencies and other responders and stakeholders to provide support for survivors of gender-based violence? Have you utilized this? people very well yes thank you like uh, most of the police stations they are expected to have human rights uh, department 
So we go there like in Area F in Ikeja, we've been there, and Area G, so many of these uh, uh, police stations, we have rapport with the human rights uh, sections, and we go there regularly to train them, to give them lectures on how they can take evidence, investigate matters of domestic violence, because the idea, I mean, that has been very paramount in police stations is that uh, if a man, if a woman goes there to report uh, a case of violence, I bet they go mm -hmm. that family matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Until the woman dies, they will say, "Please go away, that family matter." But these days, that will go there regularly to uh, educate them, to also train them. They now know that some of these violence, uh, gender-based violence, go beyond family matter. Even though it is a family matter, it can lead to the death of one spouse. Mm. And so that is why they need to respond. Mm. So if you say it is a family matter, before you know what is happening, it will escalate to death matter. Mm. And so we usually let them know how to take investigations and how to react to gender-based violence when they come to report to them. Mm. So we are in touch with these security agencies and of course we also regularly hold conferences where we invite stakeholders, stakeholders to come and listen to how they can tackle and how they can prevent gender-based uh, violence in our society. All right, Sam, thank you very much for that one. As we wrap up on the show today, what would be your recommendations for the government, the society, religious leaders, parents, and of course, women and girls? Yes, I want to start uh, from uh, parents. I think because when we talk about uh, violence in the society, and I, like I said, rooted in the hearts of men against women, this men are the boys they were the boys that the parents groomed and they grew to become abusive men so parents should therefore begin to train their children right from cradle the issue of human rights they should let their boy child understand that the boy child is not superior to the girl child and the girl child should also be trained to know that she's not inferior to her brother. In those days, very many years ago, the gay child would be sent to go for trading, hawking, while the boy child would be sent to school. But I think things are now changing. They should, parents should also begin to teach their girls how to comport themselves in the society, especially when they are young. Make sure that you do not expose, you do not allow anybody to touch any part of your body anyhow. Every part of the girl, every organ in the body of a girl is private. That's what we ask them to. So do not say until they touch your private part. No, your, your head, your eye, your hand, your fingers is private to you. Mm. And so do not allow any man to touch you anyhow. Then make sure that when you see a man that is looking at you uh, in a way that suggests you let them know that there is a way that you see a man that suggests that he could, be, he could want to rape you, the way he looks at you, the way he deals, the way he touches you. And so these are things we should begin to train our girl children right from cradle. Mm -hmm. Again, we should 
the man in particular should know that the gay child is not inferior. So when their wife, because it begins from when the child is born, they say, they ask the man, oh, congratulations. Uh, well, uh, congratulations, I have a child. What is the, what is the sex of your child? So it's a boy. Oh, mm. congratulations. And then they jubilate. Oh, mm. Oh. Mm. So that is in the beginning of discrimination against her, and of course, mm. the beginning of violence against her in the society. Mm. All this should stop. And again, our women and girls, we should let them understand how to comport themselves in the society, especially when they see a potential rapist. They must be able to know when a man begins to size to run his eyes all over you, mm. uh -huh, in a way that suggests something uh, ugly, then you should run away from them. Mm. Again, take your position as a girl and do not look down on yourself. Do not believe that you are inferior to your brother or to your male contemporary. Sometimes I went to a school and I was telling them, I was asking them, what would you like to become? Mm. The girl said, yes, I would like to become uh, a medical doctor. I said, fine. Another girl asked, what would you like to be? I said, I would like to become the wife of a governor. I said, <laughs> why, why can't you be the I governor? I would like to become the governor. Mm. Why, don't, why are you looking at yourself to be a wife of... Why don't you say, I want to become a governor? Are you therefore saying that that's your contemporary who's a boy, is the one that will become a governor and is better than you? You must determine that I can be the governor, not just the wife of the governor. So mm -hmm. these are the things we should put in the heads of our children and of course our girls. And I want to beg our parents not to force our children to child marry. It is now an offense under the child's mm -hmm. right law. It is an offense under the child's right law to send your child to marry. This is seven years imprisonment. Or if you refuse to send your child to school under the child's right law, it attracts an a penalty of three years imprisonment. Mm. Again, I want to let you know that under the legal state uh, criminal law, if you impregnate a, a, pregnate a woman and you refuse to take care of that woman, mm. you are also liable to three years imprisonment. Mm. So all this, we should let them know. And these are the things we've been telling them on radios, on televisions, and in our societies, so that they will be able to know. And again, talking about the religious leaders, we want to beg them that in the churches, in the mosques, let us please preach against violence in the society. Mm -hmm. Let us let them know that it is a crime against humanity, against God and against humanity. And of course, against the laws of the country. Not just against the laws of the country, against the laws of God. And so they should please, because both the Quran and the Bible specify that God created man and woman in his image. In other words, the woman is not a lesser of a lesser image of God than the man. Mm -hmm. And so both should be treated equally before the law, mm -hmm. equally in the society. And of course, there, there should be no discrimination against any. So these are the things we expect mm -hmm. our religious leaders to teach them in the mosque and in the, in the churches. Again, the society, of course, we should as much as possible to campaign against this violence and i want to tell you out there you are listening to me if you notice a woman that is being molested please even if she's not speaking out 
please speak out. Mm. You can always be your sister's keeper. Mm. If you notice a girl that is being harassed or that is being raped in the society and you and she's not even willing to speak out, please speak out. Please speak out. Call any non-governmental organization, human rights organization mm. around you. Mm. We have had cases of people that call us that we notice that there's a girl in our the next compound that is being beaten, being harassed every day. Please come over. And we will go there. Mm. We will go there, yes. And we will go there and get whoever is involved arrested. Mm. So please, I want us to always be our sister's keeper. When you notice any issue that is happening in your, in your environment, in your community, and you know it is a form of violence against that woman or against that girl, please, you can be the keeper of that girl. Speak out. Call a non-governmental organization or a police station around you. There's somebody will come to all right thank you very 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 much it's so good to have you on the show today i mean so many things as you were saying i was noting down and i must say kudos and well done to you women empowerment and legal aid fantastic effort fantastic job so far thank you and thank you and thank you. i mean if we have more efforts like this put in place i am sure that women and girls will be encouraged to talk about what they are going through and they will get justice so thank you very much for the good work you're doing for humanity we're really grateful thank you for being on the show today um for me falano essay and do well to enjoy the rest of your day thank you very much thank you enjoy your day too thank, thank you, you. And thank you to everyone all right well special thanks to my guest for me falano essay and the founder of women empowerment and legal aid Wella for sharing her story and to you for being a part of the responder's story on day six of the 16 days of activism, acknowledging Nigeria's gender-based violence is very crucial. Despite the distressing statistics on physical violence, sexual assault, child marriage, and cultural challenges, collective efforts of organizations, professionals, and activists bring hope through awareness, legal advocacy, and vital survival support, paving the path for a safer and fairer society. Many thanks to the producer of the show, Esther Alaribe and executive producer Tom Okewale Shonaya. Join us again tomorrow at 12.05 p.m. as we bring to you, as we bring you on another first responder to tell her story. I am blessing. I wait. Good afternoon.